Welcome to a special bonus edition of the Final Draft Great Conversations podcast. My name is Andrew Popel, and as you know if you're a regular listener, every week I broadcast Final Draft from the studios of 2SER in Sydney. Now, this week, the Stella Prize long list dropped. It's always a highlight in the Final Draft calendar, and I was joined on the show by Louise Swin. She is the chair of the Stella Prize judging uh, panel. So here is my full conversation with Louise Swin, where we discuss what goes into making up the long list. <laughs> All of those submissions, how does she get through them? And what does a long list for a prize like Stella tell us about Australian writing, Australian culture and Australian society at large? Of course, this week we had the announcement of the Stella Prize Longlist. If you're not familiar, the Stella Prize is an annual prize awarded to uh, an Australian woman writer and it celebrates Stella Miles Franklin. And now in its seventh year, this prize is so important and I we are such huge fans of it here on Final Draft. The Longlist is basically your book club reading sorted for the year. So here to join me talking, uh, talking about the Longlist, I have on the line the chair of the Stella Prize judging panel, Louise Swin. Louise, thank you for joining me. Congratulations on the longlist announcement. Thanks very much. So, look, you've just given a gift to book clubs across the country with this longlist. And I wanted to start off, for those, uh, those uh, that are staring down the prospect of getting through the full 12 books, can you tell me a little bit about the task of, of being a judge and getting through all the submissions? Yeah, well, you've got to just... Um I don't know. I'm sure some people have great methodical uh, ideas about how to start and get through it. But for me, I think you just got to pick up a book and read it and then pick up the next book (laughs) and read it. Um, Because otherwise, if I start kind of classifying them into different piles, then I might start preferencing, pre-preferencing or something. I just wanted to be surprised each time. So I didn't do it alphabetically or anything. I I just read. And one of the interesting things is that if you're reading the year's worth of women's fiction and non-fiction that's published in Australia, you've got... You, you're kind of getting the taste of the year and the era very much getting a sense of... I mean, for example, there's quite there's quite a lot of uh, this... a particular kind of non-fiction that has fiction woven into it, which is a really... It's like a really... I mean, it's not completely new but I felt like there were quite a few of those and the ones that are working at a high level of course really stand out but that's just it's just one of the things like the other thing that we saw quite a lot of was just uh, domestic violence or uh, violence against children and sometimes it wasn't even remotely the main the main gist of the story it could have been something that just kind of pops in for half a page, very late in the book, there's some mention of it for some minor character even. But you do start kind of noticing these these little things. That wasn't remotely what you asked me really, was it? <laughs> no, but I mean, I want to explore this because stylistically, thematically, you're kind of taking the temperature of Australian writing in right. in this process. What balance does the panel then seek in looking at things like style, form, themes, and even contemporary resonance when you're narrowing it down to the long list? Yeah, that's, it's really interesting because you do want to be balanced. I mean, you don't want it to be a a list that's just all purely one one thing. But having said that, 
it, it all has to be the best quality. So you're you're constantly trying to make sure that you're you're choosing things on merit and and that overall it it is coming together nicely is important but you have to choose each book individually you've got to question it and you you've got five people with you know different backgrounds and different interests and different we're all really different readers in terms of how, how many many books we usually read and all that kind of stuff. And so what the 12 represents is the ones that we all really thought were a terrific pile of books, you know. And obviously, especially in the last month, there were books that, that could have been on that list that sadly aren't, you know, and um, it's... It's always the problem with with prizes is that there are fantastic books that don't, for whatever reason, don't get on. And, um, you know, much and all, as I think that these prizes are hugely important. It is, I know it can be dispiriting to people who aren't necessarily a book company, but there are books that, you know, that I have loved and that we have championed that that aren't ultimately on this because what this is is the five of us agreeing on. Uh, 12 books which are all of a really high standard. I mean, you you could kind of jump the shark and start in January with a really, really long list and then just whittle it down over the process of the year, but you'd still have <laughs> to get you still have to get to 12, then 6, then 1. Mm. You mentioned before some of the ideas that had come up in the reading that you were doing. Uh, I wondered, though, how you saw Australian writing, and I'm, I'm asking you maybe to take in the, the hundreds of books that you, you went through, mm. how Australian writing is reflecting and engaging with some of the global social trends that are shaping us. Yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting thing. I felt like this is quite, in, in lots of ways, it's quite outward-looking. And I think that... Um, you know, it it almost makes a mockery of this idea that it's Australian because it's very international in its feeling, so many different ways, while also being, um, you know, having the Australian landscape and and character often, but not but not necessarily always. And a lot of these people, um, they're writing either from a place of personally, or they're writing into. Um, places where there's lots of where there's they've either come from other countries or they're writing about the experience of living in and moving back and forth between other countries in Australia, and it feels like intellectual writing on an international level. And no point did I feel like I was kind of um, just reading the work of one country. It felt quite global. So in your comments, uh, in your sort of judge's report on the list, uh, you noted a readiness to take risks with form. Now, last year's winner was Alexis Wright's Tracker, which stylistically and in form was was, pro- oh, it was something very different, bringing together mm. so many stories. I was wondering what you meant by this and also why, why is it this important for both readers and for writers to engage with? Well, I think... I mean, I think it's really hard for writers at the moment because the reality is, and we'd all love to pretend this isn't the reality, but the reality is that we've got Netflix and we've got Stan and we're all tired. Everybody's working longer hours than they used to. And so, 
you've got a lot to compete with when you're writing books and it is hard it, you know i mean i know that we we talk about how healthy the publishing industry is but it's still very difficult and so i think that if you're just going to sit down and write a plain narrative then i guess you do have to find ways to make sure that your audience is constantly engaged and I think, too, the reality is our brains have shifted a little bit and we think about things in different ways and we interrupt ourselves. And sometimes if our books can reflect that, then they become... They speak to us perhaps a little bit more clearly than than just a bland, you know, straight narrative. And I think that some of... Some, some authors are really kind of finding interesting ways to um, kind of flip around so that they're constantly uh, making us making us think. And, I mean, also you've got, I mean, for example, with Man Out of Time, you've got this sort of book working in the modernist tradition, but doing something really different in its own special way. And then you've got, I mean, before we talked about axiomatic, which is kind of... I mean, I don't even know how you'd classify it, but it is it is a book of non-fiction. And same with Fiona Wright, it's a book of essays, but she's weaving this intense personal story in there while also looking outside herself, outside Australia, um, outside sickness, you know. And then there, then there are books that are kind of... Um, I mean, The Erratics, which is a first novel, which um, sort of is like borderline non-fiction, fiction story of families and how to deal with with the end of a parent's life and also with parental abuse. But also, it's hilarious. and And I think that that kind of humour... We also need, I mean, I just think that people are kind of questioning in what ways the novel, the the book of nonfiction, the work of essays can can speak to people and reflect how we are now. And I think, you know, it's it's great to think about authors working in a bubble, but you feel when you're reading a book, you know when the author's trying to communicate with you. And I think that that's, that's uh, not, to be, not to be sniffed at. You noted there some of the the competition that just sitting down and reading a book has these days. Not not the physical book as as much as even the time that we take to do it. Uh, but there's a number of small publishers featuring on the list. Do you see Australian publishing as being in a good place, um, and that's represented in the in the long list? Uh, look, I think I think it's it's hard because I know that. It is still very hard in publishing, and it would be very easy to go, yeah, it's super easy um, these days because, you know, smaller publishers don't have big overheads and yada, yada. But the reality is the grant pool is shrinking, and it, it is very difficult. But I think we are really keen these days, and part of this is because of the political atmosphere, to encourage people to take risks and to say things instead of just not saying them, and also not to just replicate the things that have come before us. And I think that um, I think that what we see with some of these smaller publishers coming through is them going, 
Well, it doesn't have to be a big print run, and it, I guess it doesn't matter too much if it doesn't have that much interest. So what the hell? Let's just see whether or not this this book has any interest, you know, and publishers taking a punt saying, I think this is fantastic, but I don't know, let's, let's just see. And then when they've got a good eye it, and a good ear and they put it out there in a good way, you know, it can be... It, it can be picked up and certainly, yeah, there's the small publishers, but there's also some independent bigger publishers doing, you know, I think it's easy to see the ways in, the big, in which the big conglomerates are struggling to produce great works at this point for various different reasons, but some of them are managing to work at a high level. And I think some of it is just great decision-making at... Um, a high level and just people who really know and really are engaged with what readers want and are listening to that and not trying to pretend that they're working outside of this publishing book ecosystem, actually trying to understand what's going on. So, I mean, I think it's a really good time for books and publishing, but it's it's also still really hard and each book is, you know, you're never quite sure. I, I think... You know, if you publish out into the world, you're never quite sure how it's going to go down, really, unless it's by somebody massively famous for something else entirely. <laughs> okay, so it's um, it's that time now, Louise. Without any further ado, I am going to mention all the titles on the Stella Prize long list in alphabetical order. We have Little Gods by Jenny Ackland from Ellen and Unwin, Man Out of Time by Stephanie Bishop from Hachette, Blue Bottle by Belinda Castles, Alan and Unwin. The Bridge by Enza Gandolfo from Scribe. The Arsonist, A Mind on Fire by Chloe Hooper. That's from Penguin Random House. The Death of Noah Glass by Gail Jones, coming from Text Publishing. Pink Mountain on Locust Island by Jamie Marina Lau from Brow Books. The Erratics by Vicky Laveau Harvey from Finch Publishing. Eggshell Skull by Bree Lee from Alan and Unwin. Too Much Lip by Melissa Lukashenko from U- University of Queensland Publishing. Axiomatic by Maria Tamarkin from Brow Books. And The World Was Whole by Fiona Wright from Giramondo Publishing. We will be getting that up on the socials. So if you want to find that list, you can also go to thestellarprize.com.au for all, uh, for all details about the long list. I am speaking with Louise Swin. She is the chair of the Stellar Prize judging panel, and we are discussing the announcement of the long list, uh, the Stellar Prize long list that came out this week. So th- there is your year, uh, your year reading sorted. Uh, now, look, Louise, before I let you go, when we say goodbye, are you off to uh, a month-long lock-in deciding the shortlist before March 8? That's right. Yeah, yeah. and I have no idea. They just lock you in a no room. no idea. People are kind of going, oh, I think it's going to be this, or I think it's going to be that, and... I don't understand how other people have this. <laughs> Such a strong idea because I have no idea. It's like, you know, these are these are amazing books and we're going to have to really wrestle. Do we're going to have to talk. Do you read about, them all again? Yeah, I will read them all again mm. and I will read them in a different way, which is, well, I mean, this has already started. Um, because, you, you know, you've got to prepare your yourself and you've got to question every aspect of every book and what it is and what it isn't and whether it's okay if it isn't and all of those things so you've got to um and also just not forget that 
what moves you and sometimes that's actually almost inexplicable and these books are all incredibly powerful so you know it's going to be really it's actually going to be really hard and and it's very very draining it's very very like sort of emotionally exhausting but it's incredibly rewarding because obviously you've got um what what you come out with you you know you, you don't leave that room until you all believe in in it and you know hopefully we won't throw too many punches if somehow you are listening to this uh, and you are a regular listener of final draft and you are, are not sure about the level of passion in louise's voice and our interest in this prize Go to thestellarprize.com.au, look at the previous winners, look at how this prize has grown and evolved over seven years to reflect so much about Australia's writing culture. And then stick March 8 in your diary to, to get ready for the shortlist. Louise, thank you so much for taking the time out to, to chat to me about this. This is, I, I think this is one of the highlights, More, I, it, I know it's one of my highlights, I think this is probably one of the most important parts of our, our literary calendar and I love talking about the Stella Prize and the books that appear on it. So I really appreciate your time. Good on you. It's my pleasure. And that's it for this special bonus edition of the Great Conversations podcast. Thank you to Louise Swin, the chair of the Stella Prize judging panel, for joining me to discuss exactly what went into this year's prize. Now, Great Conversations is recorded on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation at 2SER's Broadway Studios in Sydney, Australia. And the show is produced and presented by Andrew Popel. If you want to keep up with us, just go to at 2SER, sorry, at Final Draft 2SER, wherever you get your socials. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we're on them. Now, my name is Andrew Popel. Thank you for joining me for this special bonus edition, and there will be more great conversations from Final Draft next week. Till then, happy reading. <laughs>